2: The next wave of outsourcing is for the small and medium-sized businesses. And they're they are they're hustlers, they're scrappy, they're startups like us. Um, and you cannot automate um, a startup because it's, it's figuring out its own way as it goes.
1: Welcome to Hustle Share, the podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here's your host, Ronster Pyong Welcome to episode 25 of the Hustle Share podcast. My name is Ronster and I'm your host. And this episode is brought to you by Payroll Hero, a time, attendance, scheduling, HR and payroll solution for Philippine companies. If you are new to this podcast, welcome to the show. Hustle Share is a podcast that lets you learn from other hustlers by listening to them. And the way we do that it is we dissect every single thing that we do on our journeys and our grinds and everything else in between. And we veer away from the humble brags that we do on social media. But I'd like to give you a heads up because we use adult language in here, so there's a lot of expletives please make sure that there's no kids around. Now, this episode is very interesting because we're going to highlight our biggest industry, which is the BPO sector. And to discuss that, we will have Mr. Derek Gallimore, the founder and CEO of Outsource Accelerator, to discuss the hustle of a BPO marketplace. Now, Derek's going to be sharing a lot of insights with us on what he thinks is the opportunity for a lot of the BPO companies that they can take advantage of considering that what he thinks is that there's a next wave of BPO outsourcing that's going to happen in this industry. And he's also going to discuss why a marketplace or a BPO marketplace is vital to bridging that gap of businesses in the West and having the BPO boom here in the Philippines. Other than that, he's also going to be sharing a lot of his personal tips on how he bounced back from a failed business and the learnings he learned from that experience. And lastly, Derek is also going to be sharing what he thinks is the future for the BPO industry and many more. So if you're ready to learn the hustle of a BPO marketplace, let's begin this episode right Now! Welcome to the latest episode of the Hustle Share Podcast. We are back after the elections. The rubble has now set in and guess what guys? We gotta grind again. (laughs) Because whatever happened in that election still means shit if you don't hustle. And today's guest is all about that word, hustle. And we're gonna be talking to... Derek Gallimore of Outsource Accelerator. Derek, welcome to the show. Hey, Ron. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having. Uh, thank you for having the time to uh, drop by the. We call it the Hustle Share Studios, but to be honest, it's just Chatbot PH Conference Room. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's amazing <laughs> here. I'm your office. Right. So again, Derek, uh, I always ask this from from our guests and whatnot. Um, what's your hustle?
2: Yeah, so I am leading the outsourcing market, bringing a marketplace okay. to Philippines outsourcing. Got so it. I am all about outsourcing and promoting Philippines to the world. Okay, when when
1: you say about when you say outsourcing, that can be a very broad spectrum. And let's call a spade a spade. Mm. The biggest industry that this country country has is the BPO industry, which is yeah. business process outsourcing. What about outsourcing? Is uh, what What about outsourcing that's really enticing for you? And why did you start in this career?
2: Yeah, well, that's that's exactly why I'm going after this industry and helping yeah. support to promote this industry Got because it. it is the single biggest industry in the Philippines. It's 11 percent it. uh, of the GDP, employs 1.2 million people, yep. and is about 24 billion in revenues. Um, but it's there's no aggregator platform for this sector. Uh, unlike almost any sector yeah. uh, in the world, um, and I believe that this the outsourcing can be better promoted if there's an aggregator platform to help businesses in the West learn mm-hmm. about outsourcing.
1: Absolutely, and um, there's there's uh, there's little. Uh, knowledge about it. Uh, I mean, from from, from from a personal standpoint, there's, there's also, aside from the outsourcing market, there's also the freelance market, mm. right? That uh, I personally myself was a freelancer at one point when I first started Chatbot BH. The thing that paid the bills for me because I couldn't afford to pay myself salary was freelancing. But before that, Derek, let's ride. It's, I haven't said this in a while. Let's ride the hustle share time machine. So shout out to those people who, who'd want to see. By the way, very soon we'll be having uh, hustle share swag and we'll, you'll now see what the fuck the hustle share time machine looks like well, on a t-shirt but Derek how did you start your career and um, I just want to know you're originally from where
2: Yeah, so I mean, my story. I was born in the UK, but raised in New Zealand, Uh, and then as an adult, I lived in Sydney and also London, and now here. So I'm I'm used to moving around a little bit. Any territory
1: that basically the Queen has,
2: for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Apart from Manila. All right, sounds
1: good. Okay, but. From that point, what was your first foray into your career? So you, you, I'm checking, I'm literally reading your
2: LinkedIn right now. Yeah, I mean, I've been in business about 20 years. I've always been entrepreneurial. Uh, I got into property in central London when I was about 24. And then I I built a um, service department company, uh, bootstrapped that, built that to about 20 million revenues. uh, And that's the reason why I came over to the Philippines, because we needed a uh, 24-7 service center to support Um, the, the hospitality industry that I built.
1: Now, in, did you build a call center from the get go, or did you hire a call center or whatnot?
2: No, so we we were using a, a BPO, okay. uh, and we built our own team, and Got then it. eventually, with about fifty staff, we went captive and built that up wow. to about uh, 70, 80 staff here in Manila. And so, okay, what you know, happened to that startup? I mean, to that that BPO. Well, we actually we closed that down because of a lot of margin compression. So that ah. was uh, yeah, that was certainly. Part of my entrepreneurial journey, okay. part of the entrepreneurial roller coaster. Okay, um, but and but because of my experiences in that, uh, super valuable, and it led me towards this next uh, endeavor, which is the outsourcing. Uh, so walk us through
1: Outsource Accelerator. All right. So you mentioned earlier that you know there's a big gap over discovering all this talent and also matching it with the with the proper companies and whatnot what what what's the problem aside from that 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 outsource is, accelerator is doing because you're uh, you're saying here on your LinkedIn that you're helping uh save seventy percent on staff costs, transform your business and outperform the competition. What are the costs of a business without the proper outsourcing i mean from a from a
2: western mm. point of view well look I think every business in the West should outsource. Hands down, it is one of the most powerful tools in business today, yet um, only about half a percent of the businesses of small and medium-sized businesses Mm -hmm. in the West outsource. And the reason why they don't is because they don't have awareness of outsourcing. Mm. And if they are aware of it, they don't quite know how it works. Now, Uh. there's, of course, the Tim Ferriss freelancer kind of model, um, but I encourage businesses to explore more permanent type of outsourcing, um, which is I believe, um, you know, higher quality, more yeah. reliable, and also maybe suitable for the, for the slightly bigger businesses. Got it. Now, in terms of getting an outsourcing company to
1: work with you, what, without you guys, how was that experience for you looking for that? Were you scratching and clawing? Of course, we're, we're privileged because we have a network, mm. right? If mm. you're an SME in the West, of course, again, natural progression. You're gonna Google and whatnot. Now, with, with that, without you guys, how would how difficult is it for them to get the proper company to work with?
2: Yeah, well, that's exactly it, Ron. I am amazed that this industry. This is one of the only industries in the world where the suppliers are in one country and the and the consumers are in another country, wow. and there is currently no marketplace to help those consumers learn about right. and explore outsourcing so it is really hard you know you just type in outsourcing into google and then you're presented with individual bpos and right. they're of course going to sell their own product so we came out with a marketplace it's a little bit like a trip advisor for outsourcing okay. um to help people uh, search and explore and read and compare and review uh, bpo suppliers here now on the bpo
1: side i mean the, the supply side right mm. um how do you vet them? Because there's a gazillion of them out here. Yeah. Right? There's
2: about uh, so- 800, I reckon. Wow. Yeah. And
1: these are just the bigger ones. They're smaller, whatever ones that they're not, they're like flying under the radar, right? In stealth mode and whatnot. How do you vet which ones are worthy to work with?
2: Yeah. I mean, we... Uh, we- Obviously, do a verification process. Okay. We list about 700 outsourcing suppliers on our website. website. Okay. It's by far the most comprehensive listing out there. Okay. Um, we also uh, share information with IBPAP and the associations. Right, right. Uh, and then, so we have a three stage verification process. We okay. have um, we try and list as many BPOs as we can, uh, and then there's also source Pro and source partner to. to aid well, with you mentioned the three
1: step uh, verification pro- process Can you share with us what what those processes? again, I, I can just say, hey, I have a chatbot business. Mm. We're technically outsourcing because we have offshore accounts. But that does that count what are those three things that you look for in a business i mean so, at bpo
2: yeah no it's a, it's a fantastic question because mm-hmm. the the issue that you suggest there all of the consumers mm-hmm. in the west are faced by the same thing they're yeah. like can we trust this you know it's just a website you know right. they're never going to come over here to visit or likely not mm-hmm. um, so yeah we use a number of methods now there's a lot of opacity in the industry. Right. We obviously get people to tell us um, how many seats they have. We look at their website. We look at the quality of the business. We look yeah. to see whether they're registered here. Okay. Um, of course, we we list a lot more than that. But once they're verified, then then we can verify that they're of good quality. Okay. So now, walk me through the process of Cema
1: with with outsource Accelerator, mm. right? And I've gone to your to your website and whatnot how do how easy is it now and where where how do you guys enable me as a business owner to get that what what what's the process like
2: yeah it's really it's really just a place to go to hang out i mean we yeah uh provide about 5000 pages of content we've got uh, about 4000 articles we've got hundreds of videos we actually have a podcast as well oh, so okay. we've got 230 episodes on there what? we just provide <laughs> what as podcast much. Yeah, this? I know it's, what podcast is What? well you know it's very industry specific so got it. it's uh so what's it called it's, it's just a
1: shout out we'll put in the show notes Yeah show would
2: book. you know it's called the Outsource Accelerator podcast and we Outsource
1: Accelerator incredible, podcast huh?
2: wow
1: <laughs> this is the first time to be honest that I've encountered someone that with a podcast on the hustle share podcast fellow
2: here you go fist
1: bump on that one that's awesome
2: yeah so uh yeah we we're just trying to provide a huge amount of information for people so that they can make the best decision possible got it and we we want to make browsing discovery exploration and then also uh, engagement easy for clients Got it. now after you've chosen,
1: say, one or two, do we shortlist or do you pick one, like add to cart and mm. bridge? Of course, there's got to be something for you, right? As the middleman there, yeah. right? Um, I, I mean, without delving too much, mm. what's in it for you to, in, in your business model to, to get this done? And how can you prevent other accelerators or, or whatever to easily replicate?
2: Yeah yeah absolutely. Right. So look the the complexity with a service marketplace is yeah. that services are complex. You know they're um, they're ongoing, they're high value, they are Not finite. It's not like buying a book on Amazon where you know what you're getting. So there is a lot of Mm -hmm. complexity there and I think that's why a marketplace has never been built before. But this is holding the entire industry back. If we simplify it for the consumers and make it easier for them to navigate, Mm -hmm. then there's going to be a lot more engagement. And I believe that there will be another 30 million jobs being outsourced in the next 15 to 20 years. 30 million? It's going to go big. It's going to go really big. There's going to be a tipping point. So there's only a million 1.2 million employed now, Um, and I believe that'll 30x over the next 20 years in terms of small and medium-sized businesses outsourcing. That is crazy. It's huge. Yeah,
1: Yeah. and again, uh, I I, I think I've said it in a couple of episodes already. I always tip my hat to the outsourcing of the BPO industry because I started there. That's my first job ever. Mm. Um, The reason I speak this way is because I had to learn how to speak English this way. And i we, we, through going through hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of calls, um, I eventually perfected it to the point mm. that I sound natural already, but I did not sound like this, I sound like this Joseph, and mm. whatnot oh, oh what what what. And what that's that's how how it is but as as an edge, people that went through here i've I've known so many guys that started out the call center, and there's no shame in it to be honest um, mm. we, we 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 started out there, but we're now killing it in whatever where we're doing it on the outside. Now, Derek, let's take a quick break. Um, and when we come back, I want to do a deep dive now on the BPO industry and, and why, why let's look at both sides of the market because it's, all not, it's not all rainbows and butterflies, right? There's always deep shit in it. And I want to talk to you about that based on your experience and whatnot uh, to talk about the nitty-gritty of BPO and outsourcing and whatnot. More of that after the break.
0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today.
1: Hey, guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact 24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate their growth. Submit your pitch to Impact 24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about... That SASChallenge.ph. and good luck and I'll see you guys in Impact Twenty Four. And we're back from the break. We're still with Derek Gallimore of Outsource Accelerator. I'm checking out your website, Derek, and you guys have a lot of stuff here already. And um, you you can go as as low as twenty nine bucks a month.
2: That yeah. Is- well- yeah, that's for a source coach. So okay. we are, we're not actually the outsourcers. We actually provide advisory and guidance for people that want to outsource. Mm.
1: And what do they get for a source coaching? I mean, you you, you have a, it all here, but for people who don't have the ability to look at the website now, what, what do they get?
2: Yeah, so we offer a range of services that basically right. helps people get into outsourcing. Source Coach is our entry-level product. It's yeah. only $29 a month. But in essence, we can help people navigate the outsourcing market and help get them the best prices possible, the mm-hmm. best outputs possible, the best results possible, the best teams possible, and find the best facilities possible. Is
1: it fair to say that it's like a headhunter for BPOs, sort of, or no?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's more like uh, booking.com for BPO. So it helps people uh, navigate the market, and then we can help them implement outsourcing. You don't get lost
1: along the way, and then you say, ah, I tried this shit before. It wasn't good. (laughs) So you don't want to have that happen. But okay, this part, uh, Derek, is where we do a deep dive. Yeah. So let's go. This is BPO, again, this is our lifeblood. There's only two. Big, um, I mean three. The, the first one is BPO here in the Philippines are the, 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 yeah. that really make our economy grow. The second one is the 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 overseas Filipinos to send money back. Mm. You know our com- our company, country is afloat because of that. And lastly, of course, the manufacturing and whatnot. And there's still a lot of turmoil now and whatnot. We just recently had an elections mm. and. A lot of people are unhappy, again, it's, it's two sides of a coin. How does that affect what you guys are doing? Given that there's this, a lot of, of, of tension now with, with how the Philippines is from the West's point of view because mm. you know, we all know that it's only a, a question of India or the Philippines, right, in terms of outsourcing. But how would that affect us now given this political turmoil that's happening?
2: Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. The the outsourcing is the golden goose now for the Philippines. Yeah, um, they're now calling them OFWs as well, online Filipino workers, mm-hmm. and it's it enables even the OFWs to have highly paid, professionalised jobs, but in their home country, so that right. they can now come home. Um, outsourcing is is incredibly valuable for the Philippines, but. There's now a, a lot of narrative around it being a sunset industry. You know, AI yeah. chatbots is going to like knock yeah. out the whole thing, um, right, right. but. And so there's sort of a bit of doom and gloom about the industry, mm-hmm. but my narrative is that this industry has only just begun, and there is a second wave coming of smaller, medium-sized businesses outsourcing, Correct. and this is going to thirty x, and this could transform the Philippines.
1: Yeah, because at the end of the day, if you look at the pyramid, okay, there's the top one thousand or whatever thousand that's up and up, up in there. Are the ones that are paying outsourcing now. Eventually, when those graduate into more automated jobs, or mm. because here's what people don't understand, and I'll I'll share this from a personal standpoint. You know, i people. I was like, hey, Ron, your main hustle is chatbot PH. Aren't you guys doing this to uh, to eliminate jobs? No. What we're doing is we're actually eliminating redundant and repetitive tasks mm. that people do that, you know, for, a, for human intellect, it's a waste for them to do that. So now with, th- with that free time, now they can do things. And it's weird because as we do that too, there's going to be new, um, new, new, new opportunities that will come. Mm. So for example… In our company in Chapa, I'm not, I'm not trying to advertise, I'm just trying to tell the truth here. Um, there's new types of jobs that we created. So now there's things called AI trainers.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: They're yeah. not, then people are like, what an AI trainer, huh? What is that? So basically, an AI trainer is not what people will, it's not an AI that will train you, no. Nah. It's people training the AI hmm. for, them to, for it to be smarter, because the, the, the only way the AI can get smarter is through exposing it to different types of data. And as much as we want to get the, the, the AI now to, to, to learn on its own, we're not at that point yet. We're in its infancy, probably even grade school, but it will take time. And in order for that technology to be properly executed down the road, mm-hmm. it would need a lot of human supervision.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah! Right. Absolutely. Look, I, I think AI is a long, long way away. And also, yeah. you know, when a thousand people mm-hmm. in a room are doing the same task, that is ripe for automation exactly. and efficiency. But Absolutely. the next wave of outsourcing is for the small and medium-sized businesses, and they are they're hustlers, they're scrappy, they're startups mm-hmm. like us, um, and you cannot automate. Um, a startup because it's it's figuring out its own yep. way as it goes. So, actually, the next wave is far more resilient to this concern about AI and right. automation than the existing. Uh, wave of outsourcing where there's a thousand people in one room doing the same task but wouldn't that be a little volatile
1: out though because i mean we all know the startups 90 percent of startups die
2: right? mm.
1: i mean mm. uh, from a from a outsourcing point of view okay as long as y'all get paid then no problem but of course you want longevity too wouldn't that be a risk that the smes don't have the same runway as a big corporate
2: yeah, absolutely. Look, there's a whole spectrum to the market. So mm-hmm. we're not necessarily talking about startups. The okay. small and medium-sized uh, sector okay. um, could be up to you know 200 staff, 200 million revenues. Um, they're really quite significant businesses. The, uh, worldwide, they mm-hmm. contribute about 100 million employees. It's about 12 trillion wow. US in revenues and employ about 60% of the workforce. It's the middle class, technically. Uh, right. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's the majority of society, actually. Right. And the big guys, the big boys, have been outsourcing for 20, right. 25 years now. And previously, the, the small guys have mm. been excluded. And only now they're able to access the market, but they're not aware of it. So we've got to make uh. them aware of the opportunities in outsourcing. Right. Um, and and then you know we're going to hit a tipping point and people are going to start outsourcing. That's
1: absolutely true. Like like in adaption of chatbots, right? The first couple, we started out 2017 or, or late 2016. First ones are the early adapters. These are the ones with the big guns. Like, I'll make it rain. I don't know what I'm paying for, but I like it. Mm. I'll go up front. And then after that wave, then comes the... The mass, the mm. masses. And now we're trying to make bank on that because everybody's like, all right, we're no longer the guinea pig. They survived. We'll follow, right? It's like crossing the Red Sea. Like, okay, he made it on the other side. Okay, we'll, we'll follow. We He's good. So it's yeah. the same now with outsourcing. and That's the, the the vision that you see here and whatnot. Now, in terms of the ch- uh, challenges in terms of the BPO operators, I mean, okay, um, it's your job to match them and mm. navigate through all the crevices and meanders and whatnot. It's always hard to maintain a good quality. It's a service. No matter how, how, good, how, uh, how good you operate, it's still human beings. And, you know, I, there's it's a double-edged sword. There's always quality issues. There's high churn mm. in, in, in whatnot, and whatnot, and KPIs are hard. How do you manage the expectations of clients given that this is the reality of the game here?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And this is why we offer a lot of advisory. And, and when you get into outsourcing, it's a, it's almost a bit like management consultancy yeah. because you are, you're diving into a person's business mm-hmm. and you are helping them basically better their business you know and that that pulls from management uh you know theories that pulls from uh, organizational theories Mm -hmm. um it it pulls from a lot of skills outsourcing itself is a solid industry i don't need to tell outsourcing how to be good at what it does um it is Philippine outsourcing is the best in the world at it. We are trying to brand it more as the Swiss banking of outsourcing and get people realizing yep. that this is really a top quality product. Right. And in fact, you get a lot of businesses come over here thinking that they're from the West, they know how to do everything, right. and then they are blown away by the level of sophistication yeah. here. We're the experts in method. this and Absolutely. already. Absolutely. Right. Incredible. Right. And, but having said that, you know and and often it's the client or the account themselves that needs the training this is how you outsource this is how you delegate this is mm-hmm. how you process map this is how you run kpis right. so that effectively you know it, it's a smooth transition and they then know how to outsource so so we really hold their hand and help That's them great. develop right. their outsourcing integration awesome now in terms of again the, all the bpos
1: who are experts and they're all experts in their own Field well are now gunning for the same clients and they're gonna go to you like and whatnot. How do you how do they promote that now before Outsource Accelerator? Because again, it's a battle. It's it's a very saturated market, right? And you you mentioned around eight hundred of them. Yeah, Uh, yeah. that's a lot of competition, right? Here in, in, in the chatbot game, there's like a good handful or two that are really legit, and then there's a ton. They're a small time. Uh, they're going after the big prize, But for us, there's still a lot of... And this is what I always tell the, the, my, my, my peers. Right? I don't call them my competitors. They're my peers. Mm-hmm. We're just the same fish in the same ocean. But at the end of the day, there's enough kelp, there's enough krill for us to eat. We don't need to be predatory towards each, each mm-hmm. other. We can survive and co-inhabit the same coral reef or whatnot. For outsourcing... Now they promote their own, some are cutthroats. So how do you balance that out with, with what do you what do you guys do now?
2: Yeah, look, I the BPOs have a really hard job ahead of them. As I said, this industry is one of the only industries in the world where um, the suppliers are sitting here in the Philippines and all of the customers are sitting in the US, the UK, right. Europe. Um, and the vast majority of them, Have no idea what outsourcing is. They have no idea even where the Philippines is. Mm. Um, And what they know about the Philippines is maybe, you know, controversial. It's a developing economy. (laughs) That's what it is. So the BPOs have their work (laughs) really cut out for them. And this is where they need an aggregator marketplace, something like booking.com for outsourcing. And that is where we come in to help promote the Philippines to the world and show businesses out there in the West that outsourcing is available to them and it's not as hard or as scary as they think. Got it. Now, in terms of the, the business model, right? So, okay, you said there's $29 a month. There's a couple
1: more tiers here. For $1,299, or $1,299 uh, uh, dollars, what do they get on the next tier?
2: Yeah, so these are just um, our... Productized advisory packages. Um, we're trying to make them simple so that people can, you know, click and engage yep. quickly. Um, we want to make outsourcing as simple as possible to engage in so we provide simple pricing simple products Mm -hmm. Um, with the 1300 package we basically sit them down we do a needs analysis we look at their business their Mm -hmm. org chart their strategic plan and we map out for them the best approach for outsourcing we teach them about outsourcing the different types of service provision and help them select and implement outsourcing into their business got it now in terms of um, the supply chain how, how many i mean supply side how many have
1: you do you guys have already Just a lot i'm just looking at it
2: now. yeah so we have the most comprehensive directory it's got about 688 wow. um, and Shoot. you know we have a huge amount of information we're we're obviously still gathering oh, sterling more global more. is here
1: look at that yeah and right.
2: sterling's here yeah
1: what's up yeah, shout yeah, out yeah. sterling <laughs> and uh,
2: yeah we do so we do video bpo tours we yeah. do expert interviews with the owners and senior management as I said, we do podcasts with the owners right. as well. So it's all just flooding the world with information about outsourcing it. so it can basically build comfort levels, awareness, and and sort of they know how to do it Got and it. can onboard.
1: Now, it's not all fun and games, Derek, and we know this, right? Um, <laughs> what are your challenges here in Outsource Accelerator? What do you think would be the biggest
2: Uh, dragon you have to sleep. Yeah, absolutely. As you know, I'm sure marketplaces are difficult to build because they're these big flywheels and it's difficult to get these flywheels moving. We have fantastic supply, but what we are finding is that the world is still unaware of outsourcing. You know, I was in New York in January and highly sophisticated business people still had no clue what outsourcing was. um, in new york city how it worked absolutely and this is the realization that that you know this is a gold mine here once we get people educated about the opportunities of a globalized workforce which which ultimately outsourcing is how how do you challenge
1: i mean you've been you you, do you literally go from how do you evangelize this because we had the same challenge in chatbot BH, right Mm. A lot of people didn't know what the hell we were talking about. Like, what's a chat box, Ron? Yeah, yeah. No, it's not a chat box. It's yeah. a chat bot. It's like a robot for chatting. Oh, so what's a chat box? <laughs> no, it's not a chat box. Right? That's why I cut my hair this way because I started pulling them out and whatnot. I'm like, oh, God. Right? But for you guys, I mean, do you what's, what do you think are the things that are working for you to get this you're technically like evangelizing and yeah, yeah, this yeah. religion out there.
2: Yeah. So look, we are sort of single-handedly promoting Philippines and outsourcing. Yeah, thank we you. want to take it to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you know, we've got 5,000 pages of content. We've got hundreds of videos, podcasts, right. and it's not because I like writing or, you know, <laughs> and, and it's even quite a boring subject, but I think it needs to get out there. And the way that people will learn about this is through, Um, Just just reading stuff, getting comfortable with it. But, you know, we're doing the vast majority of what we do is digital. We need to get our digital footprint out there. We need to get it on Facebook and YouTube. Um, And then so also when people are typing in, you know, outsourcing, outsourcing Philippines, that they're met with a large body of content so that they figure out how to do this. You know, a lot of people that have heard of outsourcing have heard about the Tim Ferriss freelancer kind of yes. thing. Yes. It's horror, good horror it, it's yeah. good in a way, but we want to sort of professionalize it and show the world that there is this incredibly sophisticated market out there. Look, not not dissing the freelancers and Upwork, that's an right. incredible industry and, you know, again, the Filipino Filipinos are doing the world proud in what they're doing there. Correct.
1: It's, it's just again, it's it's it's, it's too pages of the same book same skill set to be honest it's just a matter of how you want to be do you want to be represented by a big company because the thing with freelancing too versus outsourcing freelancing can be very volatile anytime Mm. uh, I've I've experienced that the client just says alright we're done and I'm what what am I gonna do Mm. I I own my time But the stability that it does not provide is scary as fuck. Sorry for lack of better terms. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: for sure. And it's getting harder. Like, it's hard for people to get on the Upwork platform. Yeah,
1: Upwork now has payments and whatnot Mm. because they've gone IPO. That's why there's smaller ones who are popping left and right. However, they don't provide the same amount of quality and whatnot.
2: Yeah, yeah. And there's no job security. There's no HMO. You know, there's there's not a lot of sort of tax. And, you know, so it's... It's not a great industry for people. And I think as the outsourcing industry broadens, I think it can cater better for more of the population. Correct.
1: Again, it's, it's the same book it's a different page and Absolutely. just kind of pick your own poison
2: because actually if you take it to an extreme i really think outsourcing freelancing is really just employment and yeah. as the world globalizes we're going to be moving away from regionalized geographical employment to just one world globalized employment and that's when the philippines will really shine because there's incredible incredibly skilled people here incredibly well qualified people here right. um you know and and that's when it, it will be able to shine
1: absolutely now derek let's take a quick break again
2: and when we come back it's
1: hustle share time where we're going to be asking you a lot of tips and tricks and and how to navigate and how to be uh able to to navigate the outsourcing world and all your personal tips as well and more of that after the break Hey, Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again, and we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's payroll starter. As you grow your own startup because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprout's payroll starter has you covered for payroll BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll in HR needs. So visit sprout.eth, payroll-starter-monthly-5k, or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions for liberating your time for what truly matters. Earn in flexible tenors with hashtag UNOBoost. of the hustle share podcast we're still with delic yeah De- delic De- 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 sorry about that Derek gallimore of outsource accelerator now That's it. Derek, um it's hustle share time right and uh, i want to learn a lot from your perspective because pr- when did you move out here
2: i've been here about five years now
1: okay prior to this what was your perspective of the philippines uh to, to go here
2: yeah well i first got my staff about eight years ago before that i Really had no idea about the Philippines, okay. and most people don't. It's off the radar. Really? Yeah, but now it's it's improving. Now you okay. see that in terms of tourism, there's a lot more people coming here, backpackers and things. Right, right. And it's it's now getting on people's... No, I mean, because
1: geographically, it's also like not in the chain. As like in, in in if you're in Southeast Asia by the the, the archipelago or the the peninsulas and whatnot, you can literally backpack from Vietnam, Cambodia, mm. Thailand, Malaysia, Indonesia. You'll. It's a right. It's a land travel.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah right? for sure.
1: So here you'll have to literally fly in because unless you want to swim, then yeah, you're, yeah.
2: You're, I think it's one of the best kept secrets, obviously, and that's why I'm here. But right. it, it's you know I think that it is held back a little bit because it is so many islands and it's really difficult to yeah. build infrastructure when you've got seven thousand islands to cross. So I do feel for it. But it makes for great island holidays, you know. <laughs>
1: Absolutely, yeah. you just pick your poison and whatever you want to get, right? But it's all going to be tropical and whatnot. For sure. Now, f- and from a, from that point of view, uh, before you you went here, how did you do your hustle in terms of building? I, I'm I'm very curious about this this what this one part of your 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 journey. Uh, you were the owner of City Mark. What is what was City Mark, and what are the things that you learned? In, in that journey because you ran this for a while, 2009
2: to 2016. Yeah, it was about uh, what was that, seven eight years, and right. and that was as I mentioned the corporate housing or or service departments, uh, and I bootstrapped that. I was really proud of that business. I bootstrapped that up to about 20 million revenues. We had about mm. uh, 80 90 staff um, wow. in across both London and and Philippines, um, and we had about 250. Uh, service departments in central london um but you know i obviously like lived extreme highs in that business but also went through some extreme lows what were those lows i'm just curious because yeah i mean we had to close that business down which was very painful for me of course amen Um, i know that (laughs) yeah and but you know Uh, the latest
1: episode if you've uh, the one before this Mm. i came clean with my former investor Ooh my former investor.
2: Wow, it's like and a that confession. was tough.
1: Like I was holding back tears. Right. Uh, the one with Minette Navarette of Kickstart was a right. uh, and we were we went back to what those meetings were, what that feeling was. So I understand.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a tough. You know, it's huh. a really tough thing. But some yeah. businesses just you know don't succeed. But I learned a huge amount. You know, and and funnily enough, I learned some significant things, um, and also saw. The power of Booking.com and the platforms that they had over my business in in uh, hospitality then, right. um, and and you know I took those lessons and I've moved that into Outsource Accelerator now.
1: What were those lessons though? Because like for me, I wrote like a blog. No, I wrote a blog uh, when my first startup party file died, mm. just to r- document it mm. because eventually people will forget. I mean, I will forget. Especially when you're at the highs, or yeah. at the, the, the peaks and whatnot. Everything's like, Yeah, I'm the man, whatever, right? But it's actually the lows that define you. And those are the ones that really make make you or break you. Yeah, right? yeah, and yeah. if you move past it and if you don't forget what those are and whatnot. For you when you when City Mark uh closed down, what were what was that journey like to to go back up and now put outsource itself what are the lessons first and how did you get back up
2: yeah I mean look I I actually wrote a blog as well uh, an article on Quora and that that went a little bit viral about my my journey um, I'll put and,
1: that in the show notes. Yeah, today, yeah. yeah.
2: And it was it, it's super tough, you know. But what I found is that actually the 18 months, the the sort of 12 months leading up to it was yeah. really freaking tough because I was doing everything to rescue this business. I was pivoting. I was selling all of my other assets, putting the money oh, in, man. you know, sort of scrapping around. And what I actually learned, one of the lessons at that point is that some of the, the struggling businesses are maybe the most efficient businesses out there. If you're making a ton of money, a ton of profits, you don't actually need to be that efficient whereas some of the ones that are struggling they have stripped back everything you know they are highly efficient businesses but a little bit like Kodak uh, or sorry uh, Nokia maybe they're just now the wrong business in the wrong time um, and you know we saw a lot of margin compression happen throughout that process um, and we unfortunately just had a heavy big platform because we were sort of going the Silicon Valley route in Mm. that we were trying to build a platform to have about a thousand properties on and we got to 200 so we didn't have those efficiencies.
1: On a personal note, what were your lessons though? I mean, I'm pretty sure there's always, like for me, I'm a better version of myself now.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was an
1: idiot back then. I'm still an idiot now but I'm a better idiot now. Yeah. What was that for you? Because those are the things that really like you wear that on your sleeve and once you get over that hump that you know what, the biggest Burden is when you fucking like and you realize and you accept that I fucked up, I failed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, when you do that, you introspect like, uh, how how did that? How did that lead to here? from for for you, how did that happen?
2: Yeah, I mean, I and I take absolute responsibility for this, and I can say, ah, oh, the market changed and there's margin compression. But yeah. you know, I'm at the helm and I take absolutely responsibility right. because I am the decision maker and I'm at the top of the pyramid. Um, you know, what did I learn? I mean, I've learned I. I'm not going to do that again. Um, I'm going (laughs) to... You know, and I've learned, and I think you learn this with age as well, but also being through businesses, being through failures, um, you learn to be more conservative, which I think is maybe both a good thing and a bad thing. Um, You learn to, you know, take profits. This isn't all just about building this big beast of a machine, it's about making something that works, that's sustainable, um, you know, and is a strong. And you
1: bootstrapped
2: it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, That was
1: tough. I mean, uh, even if you have. VC money and people was like, Yeah, we we made it, we we, we we got funded like no you did not. Yeah. Because all that can go away in months if you don't know how to fucking handle that. Yeah. And that absolutely. happened to me. It was it was the dumbest shit and whatnot. But yeah, naivete. Uh, I was I was a first time founder before. Right. Right. This was this wasn't your first uh Startup before, right? No, I
2: mean I, I built a property portfolio before, and I was doing mm. property development and things like that. You know, and it's look, it's definitely. Uh, I I don't want to um, celebrate failure like they do a little bit in the US. I think yeah. it should still be. You don't want to go down the failure route, so I think everyone should aim for the moon, um, and and it shouldn't be too glorified by saying you know I've had six failures, but you definitely learn a huge amount by by going through the hardships in life. And I, I reckon if you've had two or three businesses that have just succeeded and you've sold, succeeded, sold, um, then you're in for a big fall potentially because you've just had a lot of lucky poker hands, um, mm. you know, and and then I think you can potentially take the world for granted.
1: Absolutely. Now, bouncing back. All right, so City of Mark, I mean, for, on a personal note, again, this is where mm. we do a hustle share. No, time, yeah, right, I how did you now take all those things that you didn't want to do again? Yeah. Uh, to 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 launch Outsource Six Hundred because you guys have so many things here. What were those tricks to bounce back? Because it's never easy.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. You're battling with your own self. Doubt creeps in. If you were a confident mofo before, now you're no. That that is like oh shoot. Now I'm hesitating and whatnot. How did you overcome that? And what were those key things that put you right back on track?
2: Yeah. I mean, the ego takes a hit, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got to redefine yourself and rediscover your purpose. Um, the year leading up to the closure was really, really tough. When it closed, I actually felt freer than ever because I had sort of unloaded that um, that weight, that obligation, all of the hard work. Uh, and then within a week or two, my creative juices had returned and wow. I started That's to get fair. super, super right. excited again about the next journey. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, you know, I've now been in business about 20 years so i take all of these lessons um, and i've put them into outsource accelerator and you know very specifically i saw from the other side the hotel industry how powerful the platforms were like uh, airbnb and Mm -hmm. agoda at booking.com in promoting the industry and effectively what all of the hotels do is Mm -hmm. they're effectively outsourcing their sales to these platforms yeah, yeah. to to booking.com and agoda and things like that. That's like um, Travago is like doing
1: it in a every is like making it rain on any cable tv or not. Yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah. Right.
2: Absolutely. And you know these guys are just eating up the market. And and that makes sense because they specialize in sales while the hotels specialize in operating delivering. and delivering right. the service. And so I took that model Uh, from hotels into the outsourcing industry saying that these guys have got a really hard job ahead of them Uh, you know they're small medium big size bpos but they really need to concentrate on delivery of the service and we can go out there specialize in promotion and sales and get them their clients got it awesome now i'm I'm
1: curious because at the end of the day we're we're not a one-man team right What's your strategy in building a team uh, in in terms of what it because you're always you're you're basically selling teams here mm. to 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 people, right? Yeah, but for yeah, you yeah. you have to be the prime example of how you build a team.
2: Yeah.
1: What were the, what how do you build yours and what's your strategy in making one?
2: Yeah, look, I it, it it's it's People are people. So right. there, there's so many. It's multifaceted and it's incredibly difficult. I think the basics mm-hmm. um, apply in terms of treating people well, um, having a common purpose, common values, um, a visible mission that everyone has bought into, right. um, you know, and I'm certainly no expert. I've now hired maybe 200 people in my you wow. know in my career um, with Outsource Accelerator. I'm very lucky to have some of the team that I had from uh, my ah. previous business. So I've been working alongside them now okay. for, you know, the last maybe six years. Okay. Um, but it's, look, everyone's great um but it's just about finding their uh their um you know mission their values um and hopefully aligning with with the mission and values of the company
1: absolutely now what do you see i i, I want to see it, it looks it's, it's a mixed bag at the moment because especially outsourcing here in the philippines relies heavily on a lot of factors. You know, um talent is one. So talent of course there's never gonna be running out because we have a very young population, we've become experts on this and whatnot. Um what do you think is next for outsourcing here in the Philippines and what's something what we're not seeing aside from again uh, outsourcing to or, or selling to SMEs or uh, small medium sized mm. businesses uh in the West what what do you think is is, is, uh, the outsourcing industry going into? Is it dystopian or are we looking at a brighter future ahead?
2: No, look, I'm definitely an optimist and certainly an optimist for Philippine outsourcing and the Philippines generally. Um, The Philippines doesn't realize the incredible opportunity they have with this sector. You know, as you mentioned, um, it's a young population. It's a highly educated population. They all speak English incredibly. um, And outsourcing is going to hit the second wave where there's another 35 million small and medium-sized businesses in the world that are going to start outsourcing soon we just need to connect those two we need to make people more aware of outsourcing um, more comfortable with the concept of outsourcing and get philippines on the map and i really believe that this industry through globalization will be you know 30 i mean it, it it it's a big claim, but I believe that this will really potentially thirty x over the next twenty years. Thirty x, and you wow. know, it, it's a it's a game changer for the Philippine economy. And you know, it's not. Uh, we'll eventually move away from this concept of outsourcing, and it will just be referred to as globalized employment. You Absolutely. know, when you think everyone's now on Skype and Slack and you know messaging and <laughs> chatbots right, 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 right. It, it's irrelevant where people are sitting now and that is an incredible opportunity for the philippines to shine because if you're qualified if you can do a good job at something then you can get a job on wall street by sitting in your own barangay in some province in the philippines yeah the opportunities are, are leveling out now
1: how do you make sure we realize that future though because it's easy i mean there, there, we see we see the light but we're in the tunnel. Mm. And again, there's a lot of turmoil and possible wrong moves that can put us one step forward, five steps back in what we're doing. Um, What do you think from your perspective do we need to do to maintain that we realize that vision or that 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 bright feature and we don't Mm. go the other side of the tunnel where it goes back to hell
2: yeah look no one is going to give anyone a job for free people have got to be well trained people have got to be good at what they do they've got to be the best at what they do so you know you've always got to educate better yourself there's got to be the best outsourcing industry in the philippines in the world you know um the philippines has to be careful that it does it doesn't lose this to vietnam to eastern europe to india And it needs to continue to build this industry. But I don't want to scare people. It's doing incredibly well at what it's doing. But it needs to continue along that path of education and um, going up the value ladder. And, you know, IBPAP, the government is all doing a fantastic job at this. But people, like anything, need to try hard and continue along that progression.
1: All right. Thank you, Derek. And again, um, for people that, that, that you want to or for, for companies, let's talk or companies or any SME that might, might be listening to this podcast at the moment. How do they do that? And uh, where do they go?
2: yeah anyone just take a look at the website get involved um it is outsourceaccelerator.com and anyone can reach out to me which is derek at outsourceaccelerator.com
1: all right thanks derek and appreciate you being here thank you and um guys if you guys like that episode please don't forget to give us some love uh please go to our chatbot at m.me slash slash hustle share powered by chatbot.h and i'll see you guys in the next episode peace